Welcome to Bitcoin Sermons, the podcast that preaches how Bitcoin is connected to the coming of Jesus. It's a fascinating topic, and I think it's like the elephant in the room that not many are really talking about, even though it's so obvious. Well, whether you're a Bitcoiner or a Christian or both, this podcast has something for you. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about some interesting topics that have come to my attention this week. First of all, it's been brewing for some time, ever since ChatGPT made a big splash in the spring of this year. The subject of AI and how it's changing the world has become a big topic, and in particular, In this past week, uh, recently as a result of hackathons and other developments in regards to using Bitcoin and Lightning to pay for AI services, this subject of AI in relation to Bitcoin is really coming to the attention of people as could be seen this week. And so, but before I get into that subject... I would also like to remark about some topics that were brought to light in an article that I read today entitled Agents of the Last War. And this article includes a lot of references and explanation of some of the big meetings that have taken place recently, like the G7 And it analyzes some of the decisions that have been made and plans that have been set into motion in the European Union and with the World Health Organization and how there are plans in place for dealing with another pandemic, which the authorities in power are sure will come. So these are interesting topics, and I believe that AI will also have a role in that. And so I'm looking forward to studying these things a little bit more with you today and to see how Christians need Bitcoin, especially at this time. And not just Christians, but anyone who has respect for the genetic constitution of the human race. So with that, thank you for joining me today. And I hope that this episode turns out to be a blessing to you. Let's jump right into this article. As I mentioned, it's called Agents of the Last War. And it starts out talking about inflation. And everybody understands that, I think. And how, especially in the time of COVID, the powers of the world went on a printing spree, just inflating the currencies like crazy. And they talk about, they give some examples in this article of how that has affected the economy and how in response to that inflation, or I would say as a balancing act in combination with that inflation, the powers that be tightened interest rates in order to sort of rein in as much of that inflation as possible. And this resulted in a crisis in the housing market. And the article in question here describes, presents some examples that were in the news 
particularly in Houston, that really illustrate very clearly how the reining in of interest rates has a direct effect on crashing the housing market. Now, this isn't just about the housing market, but it's it shows very clearly what I've been saying in previous episodes about how the powers that be are intentionally inflating the money supply and then tightening rates and kind of doing this ratcheting action on the economy in order to redistribute wealth. That is their ultimate purpose in doing this. Otherwise, it just simply wouldn't make sense, right? Why inflate the currency if you know you're just going to have to ratchet back down again on with the, through the interest rates? It just doesn't really make sense. And therefore, people think that these top leaders in the financial world are a little bit loony. But no, they know what they're doing, and they're doing this intentionally in order to accomplish the redistribution of wealth. Because when the money supply is inflated, all that money goes to organizations that are sort of set up. A lot of these organizations are set up just momentarily just to receive the money, and then they go out of business. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of shady stuff that happens in this realm because of the printing of money and the sort of abundance of money under these specific circumstances. And the lawmakers that are involved in authorizing the printing of money, they often are the ones that set the requirements as to who may receive this money. And therefore, businesses that are aligned with the appropriate agendas are able to solicit help from the government through pandemic funding or whatever it happens to be called. And in that way, the agendas of the powers that be, the money redistributor powers, those uh, organizations that are in alignment are the ones who benefit from or benefit primarily from the money printing. Yes, also a certain portion of that money printing, especially in the time of COVID, went to the average person, you know, as as like a taxpayer disbursement. But that's not the majority of the funds. That's just a little bit to kind of pacify the people and make them feel like the government's doing good for them and this sort of thing. So that's how the redistribution of wealth works right now. It's happening on a massive scale. And this ratcheting of, you know, pumping up the economy through inflation and then tightening interest rates and then pumping again and then tightening interest rates. This cycle, this ratcheting of the economy is what is mobilizing. It's pumping the redistribution of wealth. It's, it's literally the pump that siphons the money out of the pockets of the average person or out of the pockets of everyone and then pumps that into the veins of the world beast, okay? So that's how it works. And this article um, provides a lot of references to other articles in the news and it explains how the developments in the world are really showing that. And so I highly recommend reading this article. It also comes from a spiritual perspective and gives a lot of hope and encouragement for those who put their trust in God at this time. So 
It talks about how certain prophecies in the Bible are fulfilling quite directly through these and other events. And it also sort of recaps the three woes described in the book of Revelation and indicates what is coming in that regard. And so that's very, very uh, pertinent information to the times that we live in. And in particular, it speaks about the world powers uniting on the decision to establish a world health passport and a world currency, the CDBC or whatever it ends up being called, and a system for handling future pandemics, which they assert are sure to come. And in particular, what this means, especially to those who don't want to receive a DNA altering or DNA containing vaccine into their body, what this implies is that there's going to be a division drawn between those who are in the system and those who are out of the system. And along with that, there will be a curbing of rights for those who are not in the system. And we already saw that a little bit with the COVID scenario where those who had not yet been vaccinated were in some cases still obliged to follow certain health protocols, whereas those who had been vaccinated or who had overcome the disease were granted freedoms that the others weren't. And so this line of separation, this segregation between the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated is going to return in full force with the power of a global infrastructure in place to enforce that. And this will ultimately turn into what the Bible describes in the book of Revelation as a setting up of an image that unless the people worship the image or receive the mark of the beast or the number of the beast, they will not be able to buy and sell. So if you aren't in the system, if you, do, if you don't have your health passport up to date, then you won't be able to transact with the new CBDC monetary system. You won't be able to travel. You won't be able to do Basically, as the Bible says, you won't be able to buy and sell. And this is basically a death decree to those who don't want to receive DNA vaccinations. It won't be presented as a death decree, but because the restrictions will be so encumbering to the point where you won't even be able to pay your bills or purchase necessary things like food, you won't be able to buy or sell. You simply won't be able to survive in the world under this system without cooperating with these kinds of drastic dictatorial measures in regards to health. So again, I just want to offer that article, which really kind of brings the situation into perspective and into clarity, I believe, the article, Agents of the Last War. And one of the aspects of freedom that is especially being affected at this time is the freedom of speech. Now, 
this kind of dovetails into the next topic. And so I want to really explain a little bit about free speech. There are a couple of things going on here. On the one hand, platforms are being compelled by governments to restrict the propagation of basically anything that they deem as hate speech or misinformation, which are such broad categories that it can almost be construed as anything that's against their will, anything that's against their policies. Um, that will be categorized and limited from the platforms. In many cases, it's not implemented as a direct ban so that people can still post dissenting or divergent content, but that content won't measure in the algorithms and it won't be propagated or presented to as many other users as it normally would be according to the algorithms of the platform. So that's one way in which freedom of speech is being curbed. Now, on the other hand, there's another way that freedom of speech is being not necessarily curbed, but hijacked. And this is through artificial intelligence. It's a thing already that bots have flooded the social networks. And all it takes is for these AI-driven bots to sort of take the consensus of their creators and propagate their views. And there are enough of them. There are basically an unlimited number of them because bots are just programs running on a computer. They cost nothing and they can be multiplied without number and without limit. And so essentially what can happen is that, or what is happening, is that on the one hand, human voices are being curtailed. And at the same time, sort of an unlimited number of machine voices are being introduced into the network. And in this way, I mean, you saw the whole discussion in regards to the election intervention and so forth, how, how um, you know, purportedly, you know, and not to get into the debate there, but just how other nations like Russia were interfering supposedly with the election in the U.S. through social media. Well, I don't want to get into that specific scenario, but the point here is that bots, AI bots, can do that quite easily. I mean, all you have to do is flood the social networks with AI bots that are trained on a data set or to follow rules that are in accordance with your way of thinking as the ones in charge of these bots. And so this is one way that powerful people are influencing the masses. And this is also an assault on free speech. Now, this is where Bitcoin really comes into the picture. And in this past week, there, there's been a lot of talk about Bitcoin. In particular, there's been an innovation called L402. And that just refers to a 402 error code of the HTTP protocol, 
which you can get if you try to access a web page that requires payment. Okay, just to put it in simple terms. But this same protocol, of course, is used by bots to communicate with different platforms over the internet. So the way this works is that the AI platforms offer their APIs through the HTTP protocol and the bots or consumers of this AI service have to pay in order to access the API and to get the responses of the AI. So just to kind of put it in a practical example, let's say you want to ask the AI a question. You pay for the service and then you're able to ask your question and then you get the response back from the AI. Well, the idea of L402 is simply that all of this is automated so that bots or you know any other software programs can query the AI directly and pay for it with electronic funds using the Bitcoin Lightning protocol, hence the L in L402. So essentially, this means the complete automation of the financing of AI, because AI requires large computing resources and it's costly. And and in order for it to be used, there must ultimately be money flowing into it. So now what will be the ramifications of this? That's an interesting question because the power of AI is so great and the interest and desire to leverage that power is so high that the price one would be willing to pay in order to access AI solutions is going to be very great. So, you know, I watched a video uh, earlier this week that talked about AI in the context of religion and the mark of the beast or the image of the beast, okay? And it was a very fascinating video, a very fascinating not debate, it was a conversation between two, I don't know, philosophers, for lack of a better description, uh, who were talking about these issues and not really directly in the Christian biblical framework, but indirectly. And it was, it was a very fascinating discussion. And basically, the position that emerged there was that AI is this powerful tool that basically gives knowledge, like capability. It's, it's, it's power, okay? It's like they described it as like being the power of a genie, that you can rub the bottle and then the genie comes out and offers you three, three wishes. And you can make your wishes, but in the end, it always turns out that the thing that you wish for, once it is granted, ends up being a curse. Okay, and um, so AI is kind of like the genie that's been let out of the bottle, and now you can ask it any question you want. You can, you can leverage the power of AI in so many ways. How would you like to use AI today? Just ask the question. That's the question to the genie. And AI is there to give you the answer. And the point is that it gives so much power, more power, basically, than humanity is able to handle. Humanity simply doesn't have the wisdom necessary to direct that level of power. 
And so the discussion between these two philosophers was searching for hope in this scenario, searching for an understanding of how AI can be turned to good rather than sort of growing to the detriment of humanity. And of course, there are many people that you know, have differing opinions on AI, whether it's good, whether it's bad, and ultimately it's perhaps just a tool that can be used for good or bad. But I don't want to get too much into that topic because that's, that's the topic that everybody's talking about. I do want to say this, however. One of the important use cases for AI is to provide human companionship. And this takes a couple of forms. One is chatbots. Another form is humanoid robots that would provide not only intellectual companionship, but also physical assistance, particularly useful for elderly or incapacitated individuals or situations like that. But it can also be, and this is sort of a grotesque use case, but real life use case that AI robots are actually being constructed as physical companions for the purpose of friendship. And another form is simply these voice-activated systems that allow you to speak and ask questions and receive answers back. And there is a lot of imagination as to how the future will unfold with artificial intelligence and how people will come more and more to rely on them for advice as counselors, as a source of information and things like that. And basically, the the concern I have looking at this from a Christian perspective is simply the fact that you have this powerful entity man-made entity that is essentially more intelligent, smarter, wiser than you are, to which you are going for consultation. And in a sense, that supplants the place of God in the life of the Christian. And so from that perspective, in those use cases, it seems to me that AI provides a very tangible form of idol that would serve to replace the position that God as a personal savior and as a personal counselor through the Holy Spirit should have in the life of a Christian. And so I didn't want to get too much into that whole discussion of whether AI is good or bad, but I think it's important to at least recognize that basic assessment from a Christian perspective that Maybe not every use case is bad, but there certainly are some use cases that are detrimental to the Christian experience. And in that sense, you could even say that, as many do say, that the that AI is sort of the manifestation of the serpent. It's the one in the tree of knowledge of good and evil that offers wisdom at the expense of separation from God. It's the creature that normally wouldn't be expected to speak, that is able to speak, apparently having wisdom beyond its natural abilities. That's very descriptive of AI, which is nothing but a machine, but yet 
it appears to be able to communicate in an intelligent manner through speech and other verbal forms that we are accustomed to. It's sort of the, you know, I mean, it's a large language model. It takes in information basically from the whole world, from the from all the resources of the world, all the digitized books of Google, all that knowledge is being fed into these large language models that drive the AI, that build up the capabilities of the AI. And not only uh, that type of information, but also sensory information coming from all over the world, all the data, all the uh, interactions that we have through technology can ultimately be fed into these AI systems and they function sort of like the all-seeing eye. They're like the, you know, omnipresent all-seeing eye that's everywhere at once seeing everything and all-wise by virtue of having all of this information. And so it's very much an affront to God in that sense, in that use case. So I think at least that much should be acknowledged. What I want to really focus on here is how that ties into Bitcoin now, because as AI is integrated with Bitcoin through things like this L402 protocol, the demand for Bitcoin is going to increase because the demand for AI is there. And so this results in a couple of things. First of all, okay, uh, anyone who's familiar with Bitcoin will understand that an increase in demand for Bitcoin is ultimately going to mean that the price of Bitcoin skyrockets and it's just going to accelerate the sort of whole hyper-Bitcoinization trajectory. Okay, so that's one aspect. Okay, and that's a good thing given that Bitcoin represents justice in the financial system and that it's a monetary system that's in harmony with the principles of God, as this podcast is dedicated to speaking about. So that is a good thing in and of itself. Just the fact that AI will be driving Bitcoin adoption in that way. Okay, but that's not all. The other thing that will be a natural outgrowth of this is the fact that Bitcoin's scarcity means that AI bots that are built on this L402 protocol, they will need funds in order to operate. And that means that only the wealthy people will be able to create massive numbers of bots. But even the wealthy people, because this will be built on Lightning, on Bitcoin, even the wealthy people will ultimately run out of money because Bitcoin is a limited resource. There's a fixed supply of Bitcoin and therefore the price to multiply these AI bots will increase the more bots there are. And this will serve a couple of good benefits. First of all, it funnels into the whole Bitcoin price dynamic and hyper-Bitcoinization. But it will also limit the power of those 
currently wealthy entities that would like to multiply their voices through the power of AI, using AI as a force multiplier, so to speak. Those powers will find that ultimately their money printing capabilities are no match for a fixed monetary supply and what that will do to the cost of multiplying AI bots. So in any effect, in simple terms, there's going to be a real cost associated with AI bots that's going to limit them. And that gives the proportion of free speech back to humanity, assuming that humanity holds Bitcoin. And some people see this as setting up a contest between AI and humanity for who's going to acquire all the Bitcoin. But yeah, so that's another topic too. But that's kind of, you know, will that be figuring into the last battle that the Bible describes? The Battle of Armageddon? Perhaps. But uh, this kind of comes back to the point that I wanted to get to about how in this philosophical conversation that I mentioned, the emergence of AI seems to be fulfilling or playing a role in the fulfillment of what the book of Revelation says regarding the image of the beast. Now, I say this often, and I just want to repeat it right here, that in this podcast, it's not my intention to step on any doctrinal toes, okay? I'm not intending to present any new doctrines here. My only intention is to sort of look at the world and to search for how the important things that are happening, particularly revolving around Bitcoin, are connected to the things that the Bible talks about and to try to understand what role these things play in the return of Jesus Christ as described in the book of Revelation and throughout the whole Bible. And so there are already established, well-founded studies concerning the mark of the beast, the image of the beast, and the number of the beast. And you can find more information about that in places like the article that I have been referencing in this episode called Agents of the Last War. So I'm not contradicting that in the things I'm about to say, but recognizing the important position that AI seems to be asserting in the world today. And by the way, this is something that the the powers that be are very interested in and talking about and utilizing and putting to, to, to work for them. So just as an example, Pope Francis, the one who advocates or who has advocated for the redistribution of wealth, the one who was instrumental in sort of convincing the nations to actually print all that money. Um, You know, he has also been vocal about AI. And what he has been saying about AI is very interesting. First of all, he has given it his full attention and recognition. That is important because that shows that even the most prominent influencers, if I can call him that, even the the highest leaders in sort of the world power structures are giving 
a lot of countenance to AI. So that speaks to how important AI is in sort of the whole end time scenario as described in the Bible, because the powers of the world are very much involved in the collective AI project. And so it must be, I mean, it seems to me logical that it, it must be that AI has some role in the Bible, even if it isn't explicitly named, because there was no such name, obviously, when the Bible was written. Okay, but what the Pope says about AI is highly interesting. He says that AI must be put to use in an ethical way. And there's all this talk about safety, ethics, about building the AI systems in a way that is not harmful to humanity. This is the hot topic, right? And that's what you see in all the movies and everything. There are, uh, you know, going back to even like Terminator with Skynet and just thousands of recent movies and books and things like that. So that is sort of the topic on everybody's mind. And it, at first, when you hear the Pope echoing that, you think, oh, you know, yeah, he's just kind of saying the same thing everybody's saying. But no, it's deeper than that, because you have to think about what does he mean by ethics when he talks about AI. Now, if you think about AI and the role that it has been having in social media, as we've kind of spoken a little bit about in this episode, when you think about how powerful AI is in sort of projecting ideas onto the masses through media of all kinds, through social media, through uh, print media, through um, t television media or its digital equivalent, um, you know, Netflix, videos, movies, you know, all these sorts of things, advertisements, in every way that media plays a role in putting information in front of the eyes of the masses, AI is there to sort of assist in the media's role. And so what is ultimately coming through when the Pope says that AI needs to be developed responsibly and ethically is he's saying that AI needs to produce media that is in agreement with his ideals, or you could say with the sort of new world ideas of you name it. The AI better not communicate anything that could be construed as hate speech. It better not communicate anything that could be construed as misinformation, for example. That's what the Pope means when he says that AI must be developed responsibly and ethically. He doesn't want to see AI used to spread information truth, you could say, that would be damaging to the powers of the world. And so now, with that in mind, you can really begin to appreciate what is happening here with Bitcoin entering the arena of AI. Without Bitcoin, let me just make this really clear. Without Bitcoin, protocols like L402 could be developed with any other altcoin or CBDC or whatever, right? But every other altcoin does 
is under central authority of some kind, even if it's been designed or even if it's an identical clone of Bitcoin, without the mass adoption, without the market share that Bitcoin has, no other altcoin is able to stand against central authority. And so that means every altcoin, either directly or indirectly, supports the ability to be inflated. And therefore, it's all just an extension of the fiat system. Bitcoin is the only digital currency. It's the only monetary system, the only monetary network that truly has the ability to impose the fixed cap on the world's wealth. And therefore, the use of Bitcoin for AI is so powerful. And what that does is it allows Bitcoiners access to AI in order to promote their message, in order to promote their values, in contrast to the ethics of dictators like Pope Francis. Okay, so there you can see the real power in what is happening in this marriage between lightning and AI. And I suspect that that's all going to be a part, a huge part of the last battle that the Bible speaks about. Now, coming back to this image of the beast, I just want to draw the parallel very clearly here because I said I'm not changing doctrine here. And what others have deciphered the image of the beast to be is actually encompassed in these ethics of Pope Francis. And so when AI is brought into the picture and AI is going to be used ethically by Pope Francis, then that becomes an extension of the image of the beast or a manifestation or a bodily incarnation, if you will, of the image of the beast. Do you see how that's playing together? And so, wow, I, I think that amplifies the point that these two philosophers were making that I mentioned. And to uh, resolve their concern as to how to overcome this for good and how to turn the power of AI to good, the solution to that lies in this union of lightning with AI to allow those who use Bitcoin to use that and to leverage AI as a counter-influence or simply just to rob the fiat powers of their ability to dominate the AI-generated media channels. So as we've been studying in this podcast how Bitcoin aligns with the principles of the kingdom of God, you can see in a very practical way that Bitcoin is fighting that battle here and now on the AI front. And I think that is just powerful. That's important. And it gives one more reason why the children of God need to accept and adopt Bitcoin and to incorporate it into their belief system and promote it. Because this is the money. This is the, the foundation, the financial foundation here on earth that is in harmony with the kingdom of God. And when the time comes that you have to decide whether you're going to commit yourself to the system that requires you to have your body pumped with synthetic DNA, 
or be cut off from the financial system, the, the world's financial system, then Bitcoin will give you that alternative. Bitcoin will allow you to stay true to the kingdom of God in the face of that kind of persecution, in the face of what Revelation says, that no man may buy nor sell, save he that has the mark. So Bitcoin is in a very practical and tangible way, the way out that God has provided. In a certain sense, it's his presence with us here on earth. And that's 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 deep. This is deep. And, and in future episodes, I, I hope to really delve into the depth of this. But remember the fiery furnace, how the three Hebrews had to bow down to the image, the image of gold, which corresponds to the image of the beast in the book of Revelation. They had to bow down to this image, this financial image on pain of death. Either they were going to die or they were going to bow down to this golden image, this image of, of money. And so in the modern sense, Either you will have to bow down to the CBDC, the new financial system that is going to include the health passport and all these things, or you'll be outcast from the whole system. You won't be able to buy or sell, and you'll be, in essence, all your rights will be taken away, and you'll, in essence, be sentenced to death as far as the world is concerned. But God delivered the three Hebrews. How? Did he prevent them from being thrown to their death? No, he didn't. He allowed them to be thrown into the fiery furnace, into the fire of death. Friends, don't think you're going to escape tribulation here in this world, but the promise is that you won't be hurt by the flames of the enemy. His power to kill is not greater and the Lord's power to save. And as we're seeing in this whole podcast, Bitcoin is one of God's provisions to sustain his people in this time of trouble, in the fiery flames of persecution that are coming because of the decisions of the powers of the world. And so it might be that your bank accounts are closed if you refuse to go along with the health passport and, and, and the, the CBDCs and all these things. But you have Bitcoin and you have the support of Bitcoiners. Those are the ones who you will be able to transact with because Bitcoin is censorship resistant and it is an open system that anyone can participate in without permission. You don't have to apply to the Bitcoin bank for an account. You simply start to use it. So please do so. And in that way, you will position yourself to have the backup plan you need. It's, it's hardly a backup plan at this point, but you will be able to fall back to Bitcoin in the time when your other options are taken away because of your fidelity to the Lord Jesus Christ or simply your fidelity to conscience in the sense of wanting to maintain the health of your body in its natural state without synthetic foreign DNA being brought into your body. So this is 
Wow, I think an amazing topic and an amazing development in terms of how AI is coming into the picture here, how Bitcoin is working in relation with AI, and how ultimately Bitcoin is bringing the power to God's people to resist what the enemy is doing at this time. And so this is just amazing. And if you read the article that I mentioned uh, with that kind of a perspective in mind, you'll find a lot of depth in it. It's called Agents of the Last War. And it just clarifies many of the things that are going on in the world and kind of puts on paper key details that kind of get lost in the press and and are easily overlooked. So highly recommended article. And in that article, it also spoke about how God, in his capacity, in his nature as time, is providing a support to his people in a time particularly when they will have no other earthly support. And I want to submit to you that part of the way that time is doing that is through the time chain of Bitcoin. And so I just encourage you once again, Christians out there, to recognize Bitcoin, study it, and understand why it's different than every other type of money, and recognize how it aligns with the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And go ahead and adopt it for yourself. Begin to invest in it. Set aside your tithe. Instead of giving it to a church that is going the way of the world, Put your tithe into Bitcoin where it will be able to do good and where in the future it will even be able to help those who are cut off from the world because of their fidelity to God. We're talking about powerful, powerful things here. So this was an interesting episode, I think. Um, I didn't really know how it was going to turn out. I kind of had the topics in mind in the beginning when I started, but I didn't really know the weight of the topic as it would come out in this episode. So I hope that despite the sort of gloom and doom in regards to what the world is planning and what the world is doing, that you will find hope in God and that you will look up to the signs that he is, is showing in the heavens and that you will recognize how here on earth he has given a provision through Bitcoin for us to be able to continue in faith, continue on the path of justice, of righteousness, in order to reach ultimately his kingdom faithfully without compromising ourselves to the beast system as described in the book of Revelation. That, that you may be among those who overcome the mark, the image, the name, the number of the beast. All right, so I think that closes out our episode for today. Just a quick reminder that if you found this episode to be a blessing, please, by all means, share it with others and search for it on the Fountain app and do search for Bitcoin sermons on Noster. Noster, by the way, this is an important point I should have mentioned in connection with the free speech and the curbing of free speech, that Noster is a platform, is a protocol on which other apps like Amethyst, Damas, and uh, Plebster, and there are others out there. Onyx, um, I'm sorry if I miss uh, some other good ones, but 
those are apps that are built on the Nostra protocol, which is more or less like a Twitter replacement, but it's not based on a centralized company or a centralized algorithm. And so it allows free speech to flourish without being controlled by government powers. So that's the that's the point behind Noster. And I just want to encourage you to search for Bitcoin sermons there. And I bring this podcast to you free of charge, and I will continue to do that as long as I am able. But if you would like to support this podcast, then please do so via Fountain or via Noster, where you can zap sats directly to me. And although you can listen to this podcast on any podcasting app, the podcast is hosted by Substack. And you can write to me at bitcoinsermons at substack.com, or you can find my homepage there on bitcoinsermons.substack.com. So God be with you in the coming week. And until next time, stay sane in this crazy world. Bye-bye.